Hello, and welcome to Easy Bake Takes podcast, where we read you one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And my guilty pleasure movie is the 2013 remake of Carrie. And this movie was rated R. Really? Mm-hmm. The studio was very committed to making it rated R. It doesn't seem rated R, does it? No, this seems like a TV-14 kind of rating. Yep. Hour and 40 minutes long is an, a horror slash thriller. The premise of Carrie is... A disturbed fanatic named Margaret White gives birth to her daughter, Carrie, at home alone, and she intends to kill Carrie as an infant, but changes her mind. So Carrie is now in high school, and she's a shy, unassertive girl who's in her senior year of high school, and after gym class, Carrie is showering and has her first period. Her mom never prepared her for how to deal with her period, so she assumes she's bleeding to death and begins yelling for help. And then the other girls begin to ridicule her and throw tampons and pads at her while yelling, plug it up, led by longtime bully Chris Harginson, who also records the whole thing and uploads it to YouTube. Their teacher, Miss Desjardin, breaks up the conflict and takes Carrie to the principal where they call her mom to take her home. After she slaps her. <laughs> yeah, well, she's being hysterical, you know, she, I mean. That's a crime. She shouldn't hit her. No. But like, <laughs> when Carrie and Margaret get home, Margaret demands that Carrie stops showering with the others at school. And when Carrie refuses, she hits her with a Bible and locks her. <laughs> Literally, it's so funny. And locks her in her prayer closet. As Carrie screams to be let out, a crack appears on the wall and the crucifix in the room begins to bleed. Over the oncoming days, Carrie begins to experience more signs of her having telekinesis. She begins researching and learning to harness her powers. Miss Desjardin punishes Carrie's bullies by making them endure boot camp style detention or be suspended from school, which will keep them from attending prom. And Chris refuses and is suspended after not giving up her phone to be searched for the video. And then Chris's best friend, Sue Snell, feels bad about being part of the incident and asks her boyfriend, Tommy, to ask Carrie to the prom to make it up to her. Carrie accepts and makes her dress at home. Margaret forbids Carrie to attend the prom and during the conflict, Carrie manifests her telekinesis. Margaret believes her powers are from the devil and are proof that she has been corrupted by sin. Chris and her boyfriend Billy plan their revenge on Carrie by obtaining pig blood to pour on her at prom. On prom night, Margaret tries to prevent Carrie from going, but Carrie uses her powers to lock her in the closet. Chris and Billy get Chris's friend Tina to rig the prom court voting so that Carrie and Tommy win king and queen. At home, Sue gets a text from Chris taunting her about her revenge plan. Sue drives to the prom to stop it, but arrives as Carrie and Tommy are being crowned. Sue sees the bucket and attempts to warn someone, but Desjardin locks her out of the gym, suspecting that Sue has plans to hurt Carrie. The blood is dumped on Carrie, and the video from the beginning of the movie is played above the stage. Carrie pushes Desjardin with her powers, and Tommy is killed by the bucket that held the blood. Carrie kills everyone at the prom but Desjardin, and an electrical fire breaks out and the school burns to the ground. Chris and Billy attempt to drive away, but Carrie crashes their car, killing Billy. Chris attempts to run over Carrie, but Carrie lifts the car and throws it into a gas station, killing her and sets the car on fire. Carrie returns home and bathes and changes her clothes. She tearfully tells Margaret what happened and the two hug as Margaret recounts Carrie's conception, claiming that her and her husband were sharing a bed platonically and yielded to temptation. Margaret then stabs Carrie in the back with a knife, declaring that she must kill Carrie to prevent the devil from possessing her and attacks Carrie again, but Carrie kills her with every sharp tool in the house. And then Carrie then makes 
stones rain from the sky to crush their home. Sue arrives at Carrie's home, and Carrie lifts her but can sense that Sue is pregnant with a baby girl. Carrie throws Sue out of her house to safety as the house collapses, apparently killing Carrie as well. Sue gives her testimony in court about the incident at prom and then visits Carrie and Margaret's graves. Carrie's grave has been vandalized to read, Carrie White burns in hell, and Sue places white roses on the headstone. As she leaves, the gravestone begins to break and Carrie's scream is heard. The end. I have a quick question. What happened to Carrie's father? I guess he either left or died. I Weird. I don't know if the movie really ever... They, do, they don't really get into... I don't know if that's in the book or not. I'm maybe because like it's just so odd that she uh, well it does it's not odd but like because it makes sense for like a heavily religious person or a heavy religious woman not understanding like what's happening during birth. First of all giving birth at home and doing it alone. Sounds awful. That sounds terrifying. Also, like, that would be the time to squat how they used to. Yeah, exactly. That's, I, I don't understand. Well, in the movie, it's just like, she kind of just slides out. Because <laughs> her mom's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, because, like, I didn't really remember that detail that, oh, that's how she got pregnant with Carrie. Yeah. I was thinking, like, oh, she never, like, had sex and was like, oh, this is the devil kind of thing going on. That's what it seems like, yeah, until she tells the story and is like, we prayed about it and then we fucked. It's like, you were married. Yeah. <laughs> you were- That's- How is that- I mean, my god. I'll, co I'll come back to this in a second. We'll get through the info. Okay. So the background info. This movie was directed by Kimberly Pierce, who also directed the movie Boys Don't Cry. It was written by Lawrence D. Cohen, who wrote the 1976 Carrie, and he also did the 1998 TV special. Uh, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so Roberto Aguirre Sacasa also wrote it, and he is the person that owns the rights to the Archie comics and is responsible for Riverdale existing. <laughs> So we go after him. <laughs> yeah. So if that gives you any uh, indication of who is writing. <laughs> the novel obviously was written by Stephen King. And the movie stars Julianne Moore as Margaret White. Chloe Grace Moretz plays Carrie White. Ansel Elgort plays Tommy Ross. And this was his film debut, actually. Mm. Judy Greer, who I also just love. I love Judy Greer. Plays Miss Death Chardin. Gabriella Wilde plays Sue Snell. Portia Doubleday plays Chris Harginson. And Zoe Belkin plays Tina. So some trivia. While Kimberly Pierce was proud of her work on the film, she was disappointed that the studio interference compromised her original vision for the film. Her intention was to make a more faithful adaptation to the novel and not try to imitate the 1976 version. However, studio executives forced her to excise 40 minutes of footage and reshoot several scenes in order to make the film a true remake of the 1976 version. There was a whole petition for the director's cut of this movie to be released because of that. Mm -hmm. While at the pig farm, Billy Nolan, played by Alex Russell, kisses the sledgehammer before killing the pig. Alex Russell got sick because there were pig droppings on the ha the sledgehammer. Good lord. It's disgusting. Ugh. But anyway, this is the first Carrie adaptation where the character of Carrie is actually played by a teenager. Chloe Grace Moretz had admitted to not having watched any of the previous adaptations of Carrie prior to making this movie. She decided not to watch any of the previous versions since she wanted to create her own spin on the character and not try to copy Sissy Spacek or Angela Bettis. I could say a lot. We'll get we'll come back to that. We'll get there. 
So the producers did communicate with Stephen King while they were making it, but he was not actively consulted for this film. And Stephen King was very unenthusiastic about another adaptation of the novel, mm. saying that it was unnecessary when the 1976 version was a great film that didn't need to be remade. He stated oh. after viewing this version that he was not fond of it. However, director Pierce was a close friend of Brian De Palma, who directed the 1976 adaptation, and got his blessing to make this. The person who made the story was not keen on it. That should tell you something. Because he doesn't like a lot of adaptations of his no novels. So when he likes something, you know. Yeah, he did a whole redo of The Shining. Yeah. But I get it. It's your story. <laughs> it's your creation, you know? I get it. I'm not going to... I'm not going to say anything about it. Mm -hmm. So they considered Sissy Spacek, who's the original Carrie, for the role of Margaret White, as well as Jodie Foster. Oh, okay. Oh, that would have been interesting. I love her, so I would have been, yeah. I do too. Shailene Woodley turned down the role of Carrie, and I cannot imagine what ABC family bullshit this movie would have been if she was in it. It probably would have been 10 times more irritating to watch than with Chloe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> Funnily enough, when they first started development for this, they considered Lindsay Lohan to be Carrie. Was I'm sorry. She would have been well into her, God, I mean, 20s, right? Am I, am I wrong? Uh, this was like 2013. Yeah, she would have been in her 20s. I can't imagine. She looked older than her age in Mean Girls, not to be rude. She would not have looked like a 17-year-old. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, she didn't look like a teenager in Mean Girls. There's no way. To prepare Chloe Grace Moretz for the role, director Kimberly Pierce sent her to homeless shelters to meet people who genuinely had tough lives. And also, on, a, on her own to prepare for the role, Chloe Grace Moretz learned how to sew and locked herself in a closet for several hours to understand what Carrie would be going through. She also tried not to break character on set even when she wasn't shooting scenes. And I know you have your feelings about about actors staying in character yeah i do it's always the most annoying fucking characters too <laughs> yeah i was about to say i can't imagine working on i bet she just lurked around too i bet you'd be talking and you're like she's behind me is she <laughs> i hate that i would oh i hate that and then, I don't know if you remember seeing this video on Twitter, but as promotion for this movie's release, they posted a telekinetic coffee shop surprise prank with stuntmen and actors to terrify unaware customers with a girl with ESP. And the actual prank video is on the DVD Blu-ray release of the film. Is this in a coffee shop? Mm-hmm. Okay, I do remember this. Mm -hmm. But that's all the trivia I have about this movie. There was a lot because it's a remake. Have you seen the 1976 Carrie? Yes. A long, long time ago. And I'm, I'm just going to say, I don't like the setup of this story. And that's not really anyone's fault. I've never read the books. So I don't know how it actually goes. I tried. It's, it's pretty close. Okay. I don't like the whole concept of just this character. Their life sucks to such an extreme degree. And the whole movie is just showing you how much their lives suck, how much turmoil they're going through. And then the end, they get revenge. But for me, especially with this version of this movie, it's just so irritating to watch. I don't find any entertainment in it at all. It just makes me frustrated. It makes me angry. I didn't even like the main character. You don't even really get to know the main character. All you really know is just the shit they have to go through, which isn't personality. That's not anything. Mm -mm. And if anything, this character is just annoying and whiny. And I understand, like, she's growing up in this, you know, very religious, conservative household where she doesn't have knowledge 
about most things. Yeah. But it's still, I don't like it. I don't like that character. I don't, I don't care almost. Yeah. I'm watching the most annoying actors be extreme versions of mean high school people. The whole construct of this movie is not fun to watch. The ending is always fun. Yes. Oh, oh she burns out of school. That's fun. Whatever. But it's not worth, <laughs> to me, that's not worth it <laughs> to watch all of it for it. Yeah. Cause like the, the job of a story like this is to show you like oh well no matter how bad the thing she does is you're supposed to feel like she kind of deserved to get this revenge mm -hmm. and i think that was more present in the 1976 version you feel for her a little more mm -hmm. and that is something that comes up quite a bit is like nothing to make you sympathize with her no no matter how bad her home life is and how mean people are it's like it never you never really see her what's her personality like you never see her and you never really yeah well, like you know like the the like general things mm -hmm. of her personality that were affected by her upbringing but like mm -hmm. she seems like she's fine until her mom hits her with a bible you know it seems like up to that point she was like cool with it and not to say that she was mm -hmm. but like that's just how the character comes off does she doesn't seem bothered i guess I don't know if that makes sense. No, that that makes sense because Chloe was talking, like she was giving a little interview about Carrie and she was saying like the relationship between her and her mother is like, oh, they really do love each other. <laughs> it's just toxic. I don't, I, I don't. I understand that happens. Like you, mm -hmm. it's, that's still your parent and that's still your kid. So there's a level of love there, mm -hmm. no matter like the treatment and no matter if you don't think it's deserved or not to have that love. Mm -hmm. But I don't see that. I don't see any part of it where her mom seems like she gives a shit about her. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really see like it seems like I don't I don't even know. Like it just is so not there. The relationships. Everything's just so manipulated. Yeah. Their whole relationship is so manipulated. I think what I'm trying to say is just like everything about Carrie and what happens to her and what we know about her is so external and about her environment. Mm -hmm. I don't get to know Carrie. So therefore, I don't care about Carrie. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's fair. That's definitely accurate. But I guess I should probably tell you why it's a guilty pleasure movie for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's really just that level of acting is an MTV high school dramedy. Yes. It's like Degrassi. It's kind of Degrassi, kind of like awkward. Yeah. Teen Wolf, that yeah. kind of brand of acting where it's not necessarily like ABC Family, but it's not Good. HBO, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like this perfect level of bad. And I don't know why I love it. I think I just watched it at the right time in my life. It's kind of like you with the happening. It's just you just make fun of the faces Chloe Grace Moretz makes whenever she's doing her telekinesis and she like goes, yeah, like whenever she kills, she literally <laughs> makes that sound when she kills Chris. And it's so funny to me. It's just so silly. And I love it. I think the scene where the bucket falls on Ansel is I laughed way too hard during that <laughs> and that it kills the character because I thought it just knocked him out. No, it legit just kills him. He's done. That's how he dies. He got killed by a bucket. The bucket kicked him. <laughs> he kicked the bucket. Oh my God. <laughs> also, I wanted to say the guy that plays Billy in this movie looks like a relative of Mike from Jersey Shore. <laughs> I like I did a double take I had to be like is that is that the situation the situation it looks like him oh my god I was literally watching that last night I've been watching I've been on a Jersey Shore rewatch I always return every now and then whenever we have guests over we put on Jersey Shore just so they know the vibe 
It's great. <laughs> I just got to the Italy season and I was like, I'm sad. Oh. I might just skip. I might just skip this. That is, I only watch it for the fight just to, just to remind myself how like. Mike smack his head on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And the rest <laughs> of that season, like, I'm going to say, well, and then Snooki fights with Gianni and it just kind of gets, I don't know, for me, it gets a little boring. It does. It's just kind of like the same shit and not in a good way. And not in a good way. And just, you can tell how fed up they are at the end like they, and they all had done. so much shit going on in their lives yeah like every single one of them's like something else is going on and mm-hmm. they immediately have to go to jersey and film another season i can't believe that i can't imagine how tired they must all be and i think the season right after it we're, this isn't a jersey short podcast we'll no. move on a second <laughs> we'll move on <laughs> but like i think that that's the season right after it is the one where Vinny goes home at one point mm-hmm. yeah right after it's just terrible they're burned out i totally get it they are okay we'll move on we'll We'll talk about this later yeah but uh is there anything anything else you wanted to say about the about carrie oh i just wanted to say like it's probably very very intentional but you know those it's in every high school movie where there's a bully and it's the most extreme version of a high school bully you can fathom to think about Mm -hmm. and i i understand i'm sure someone out there is like i had a bully like that yeah okay but like this person i mean it's hard to believe that a person like this is real just because of how <laughs> insane. Because, like, that's how I felt about, like, I forgot her name in this movie, but she's, like, the main bully. Chris. And, then, like, and that character's so irritating to watch. Yeah, it, her acting is on the, like, exaggeration level yes. of her character. It's crazy exaggeration. It's so fictional to me. Mm-hmm. And they have it in every high school movie, TV show, this just hardcore psychopath bully. Yeah. It's on a different level. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just kind of crazy. That's another complaint I had with that. That is very fair. Because mm-hmm. it is cartoon supervillain bully. Yes. It's just a little much. And I understand, like, that's the main theme. But it's just, like, it's overkill, honestly. It's overkill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another reason I, I love this movie is because, like, everything is so, so much. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see the director's cut of it if that ever. Yeah, because I remember watching video where they were talking about it. Like, the director was all like, oh, this is going to be, like, a different version. And it's not. It's a complete copy. Yeah. So I would like to see their version of what they did have in mind. Because this movie is not different. <laughs> no. They cut out like 40 minutes of it. There was probably stuff where we actually got to know Carrie a little more and got to mm-hmm. sympathize with her. And I would just love to see that 40 minutes that was taken out. Yeah. The thing I thought of earlier, we were talking about Margaret and like her husband. And I just, I had kind of a realization. I don't know if, I'm not saying this is like intentional from the book or the movie. The thing I picked up on was like her husband, like she just, they never had sex or at least she says slept in the same bed platonic tonically to her it kind of seems like to me i could see maybe this was in the extended part of it Mm -hmm. because she says like you had unholy thoughts you had sinful thoughts when you're showering with the other girls in gym class of course you had you probably had sinful thoughts to me it sounds like the mom might be a little gay (laughs) in my opinion oh and like she never wanted anything sexual with her husband well that would make so much sense because like you're married and even like like even when you're married like i understand there's always you're allowed like, guilt to. you're allowed to it, it's literally like the only version of sex that's okay in like in that that bible sense is like to procreate yeah that's it and so 
the fact that that was that happened but also like yeah that projection of like mm-hmm. oh like it seemed like maybe they probably would have hinted at that more in the extended version mm-hmm. but that was just like that struck me as odd and it never really like comes up yeah it's never fleshed out that one line is because she's saying her daughter had to have had these unholy thoughts in the shower with other girls mm-hmm. but yeah that's the only thing that really like that i had that realization watching it this time that's all i really have but did you have anything else you wanted to talk about no but I understand why it's a guilty pleasure. It's a terrible, it's terribly, so terribly bad. It's, you know, I understand. Okay. So now we can move on to the critical reviews. The first one I have is from Live Mint by Udita Junjunwala from 2014, starting with, quote, Build as thriller horror, Carrie is devoid of scares, compounded by mediocre special effects. This movie looks awful. <laughs> CGI-wise, it is awful. For a movie about telekinesis. Yeah. Maybe try a little harder on that one. Yeah. They found it implausible that a mid-2010s teenager wouldn't even be aware a little bit of menstruation. Like, I know she's sheltered, but... Mm -hmm. I want to argue that, like, there are kids out there who absolutely are not educated in any sense about it. Yeah, but they probably don't go to school. Exactly, yeah. Like, what, you've never seen a tampon before? You don't know what those things are for? Sorry, one thing I want to say. Why are they throwing all their tampons and pads? Are you just wasting all those? Those things are expensive. Oh my god. And yours is just unlocked like that? You don't have to put a quarter in? Yeah, that's nice. Look at you with your free tampons wasting (laughs) them. Yeah. But they also say, quote, Watching more in the role of the obsessive, violent, irrational mother, you wonder why the actor, known for her work in such films as Boogie Nights and The Kids Are Alright, would have done this part, end quote. Julianne Moore was too good for this movie, in their opinion. Oh, she is, absolutely. When I see her in a bad film, I'm like, why? You're so good. (laughs) What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You can't be here. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) But they say that Moretz plays Carrie as only, only plays her as either scared, meek, outcast, or grimacing destroyer, and like nothing really in between, which kind of adds to your thing of like, we don't really know her. Yeah. We just know her. She's either shy and weird, or she's trying to kill somebody. Or wanting revenge, and that's it. Those are the only personalities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and to add to that, uh, and to your point, Mm -hmm. they also said that Pierce failed to connect the audience to Carrie, and Moretz was unable to add anything to it. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is not the best, not great performances, I would say all around yeah yeah it wasn't just the writing it wasn't just the writing there was some i find it odd because earlier saying chloe didn't see any of the carrie she wanted to make the character her own and literally just plays the shy high school girl who takes off the glasses and she's beautiful that's literally the character yeah that we see all the time (laughs) yeah it's not like you you didn't you you weren't um what's the C- creative <laughs> yeah you didn't like reinvent the like you no. didn't reinvent the wheel or anything no. you know like it, or she did i don't know how, never mind i'm she didn't do anything special no she didn't she she did hardly anything <laughs> exactly yeah but we can move on to the next review yeah. which was from scream queens by chloe leeson in 2013 they weren't excited to hear that there was another Carrie remake being made, but when they heard that Pierce was going to direct it, they were excited. They were ultimately disappointed by the film and said that the film kind of got lost in the material and, 
quote, whilst the kills and gore were mildly entertaining, it was incredibly hard to sympathize with a Carrie that was fully aware of her powers and using them in violent ways, as opposed to the deer in headlights, unaware Carrie Sissy Spacek gave us in the original, end quote. Okay, well, were they, were, are they saying the the Carrie Sissy Spacek one, like she... She she played it a little more, what's the word? She wasn't as, she didn't seem as real, like her powers didn't, she didn't, it didn't seem like she realized those powers as much as the Chloe Grace Moretz version, I guess. Like she seemed a little more innocent than this Carrie. Okay. All right. To this person. I don't know if I agree. I I don't know if I agree with, I don't know if the, I care about that. I honestly don't know if that's something that yeah. would whether she knew she had it or didn't or not as well or as much. Yeah. I don't think that really matters to me. And I think it's probably a little bit of Chloe Grace Moretz could have done it exactly like Sissy Spacek and they still would have had a problem with that probably because mm, yeah. it's a remake, that kind of thing. Yeah. Leeson also calls it Mean Girls with Blood. It is Mean Girls with Blood. Absolutely. Not as good though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say me if Mean Girls actually had blood in it, I, I, that's a fantastic film. That would be really great. Portia Doubleday, who played Chris, gave Regina George with more hairspray than heart. They liked the introduction of cyberbullying in the movie and said that that part of it paid off. Pierce's Carrie had more of a heartbreaking longing to join her peers, and the original was during a time of second wave feminism, where women were realizing the power they had and the power of freedom and standing up for themselves, and Pierce eliminated the male gaze in this version and had, like, focused on female relationships a little more instead of, like female empowerment it was like female relationships okay kind of see that especially when that girl character is like oh to like ansel i forgot her name i think it's sue sue yeah sue sue's being nice in the movie is that in the original i can't remember i don't think it is i think they're all just plotting against carrie i don't yeah i don't think she's as nice to carrie yeah in the other one so i can kind of see that in this movie with sue yeah mm -hmm. that's fair but they end this review with, quote, Pierce had her heart in the right place, but didn't take full advantage of the material in her adaptation, leaning towards a teen movie revamp than all new book adaptation. It was taking the De Palma adaptation, sprinkling glitter on it and adding Vampire Weekend to the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally agree. Is her criticism of Moretz's Carrie as too pretty slash too vengeful an admittance to our belief in the system that attractiveness equals happiness and our willingness to quickly dismiss bullying as just a joke like Chris Harkinson, end quote. Hold on one second. I think they're basically saying, are we uh, just like Chris being like, oh, well, just, if you're pretty, you can't be sad kind of take on it. Because there was a lot of criticism that, like, Chloe Grace Moretz did not look like an outcast. I think that's more of a casting thing than than anything. That's what I was saying earlier. She plays that role of, like, shy girl, but take off your glasses or do your hair. Brush your hair once. Yeah, brush your hair once. Don't. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden she's pretty. She's ready for prom and all that. Yeah. I totally understand that. The too vengeful part, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Especially what she goes through in this movie. I totally understand why she wants to kill everyone in this movie. Yeah, it's. That's not my issue. That's not my issue with this movie. Yeah, you just don't sympathize with her. I just don't like, care. Which they said. They said yeah. it was hard to sympathize with her. So I don't think, I, I feel like that question was probably just people were like once the cast was released for mm -hmm. this movie were like really like that is not carrie i get that and i totally get that yeah but yeah i i don't agree with the too vengeful thing um in yeah. that regard i don't think it's a societal belief thing for that yeah and i don't understand the willingness to quickly just i don't i don't i didn't see that really or i didn't i didn't think that i don't understand yeah i don't understand the thought process on that i didn't dismiss the 
bullying at all. Yeah. I think it was still terrible. Like, again, extreme. To the absolute extreme. It's mm-hmm. not even... It's not anything you can just, like, go, oh, I forgot about that. Whatever. It's not. It's extreme versions of bullying. So, no. I don't think that movie does that at all. There were weird girls at our high school that were gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> there were. There were gorgeous people with shitty lives at our high school, too. Like, yeah. I don't understand. I get that she was written that way in the book, but it's like, it's literally Hollywood. Yell at Hollywood, not at the people who made this movie. Yeah. But the next review I have is from Time Out, written by Kath Clark in 2013, who gave this movie a three out of five and said that as far as remakes go, it isn't as lame as it could be. Nope. <laughs> And says that Pierce got into the psychology of her characters more than De Palma did in the 1976 version. No. (laughs) No, she didn't. (laughs) And then said that this version is no match for the scares and shocks of the original, quote, which still gives The Shining a run for its money as the best film of a Stephen King novel. So they think the original Carrie adaptation is the best film adaptation of a Stephen King novel. I've heard that and that's fine. I'm just not a fan of the whole Carrie story in general, so... Which I think is fair because it really, really, really borders on like school shooter fantasy. Yep, (laughs) it does. Yeah. I just, I can't be on board with that. Not in these times. (laughs) (laughs) And then they say that Moretz is talented, but she was not born to play Carrie and says, quote, she hasn't a victim's bone in her body and fluffs the early scenes when the mean girls pick on her, end quote. I think she has too much of a victim thing going on in this movie. I think like... With the way she's written, yes, Mm -hmm. but not the way she plays her. Like, it never really seems like she's bothered that the girls are picking on her. She's not, like, bothered enough by it. Yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's more bothered that her mom is going to have to come to school. (laughs) Hit her with a Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hit her with a Bible and put her in the prayer closet. (laughs) (laughs) She literally bonks her. She bonks her in the head with a Bible, it's really... Actually, kind of funny. We're not laughing at abuse, we're laughing at the movie. We're laughing at the movie, it's a fictional movie. Oh my god. Okay, but they they end this review with, quote, It's only in the final 20 minutes after the pig blood scene, nothing new here, that Carrie grabs you by the throat with a fireworks display of Carrie's telekinetic freakouts. Too little, a little too late. End quote. So it's not, they're saying it's it's not exciting or, or good until, like, she's just on a rampage. That's the point of the movie, though. Like, how it's written, so... But it's gotta be entertaining before that, exactly. I think is what they were meaning, you know? So if yeah. you're complaining about that, you're just complaining about how literally the movie is written and set up. That's literally what I was saying before. It's not good until the end, until, you mm-hmm. know, the, the big build-up, and... To me, that's not worth it. That's just not worth it. So if you don't like that, you just don't like the story of Carrie. Sorry. I mean... Yeah. I mean, it's... I I agree with what you're saying, but I think they're right in saying that it should at least be attention-grabbing and good other than the 20 minutes. Not that it's like, you know, like, I don't think they're saying that that it's dumb that the most exciting stuff happens in the last 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I think they're just saying, like, this movie needed to be on the same level Mm -hmm. or at least be at a higher level before that and not just have those really great last 20 minutes and nothing else. Oh, yeah, and I understand that. And I I agree it it should be more entertaining before that. But, like, for Carrie, and I'm sure you could it's possible to make the earlier parts of carrie more interesting than that than they did but it just isn't (laughs) yeah so yeah and i think that's what they mean like okay all right not that they hate the story i think they just i just really hate the story (laughs) 
it's a terrible story and I don't think it's not my thing no I just don't think it needed to be made again yeah in general Mm -hmm. like it's just a story that does not age well yeah I totally agree with that Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna sympathize with the fucking school shooter (laughs) I'm so sorry I don't care how well she's written. I'm not sympathizing with her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but the last review I have is from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch by Kevin C. Johnson in 2013, starting with, quote, horror movie remakes are a dime a dozen, mm. end quote. This movie mostly nailed it, and it is as good as a remake as possible, though not truly a scary movie, and said that carry adaptations are only as good as their prom scenes, and they said that the enhancement of Chris's character's fate will delight the most jaded of horror fans, and that it'll never overshadow the original, but that wasn't the point, and that on its own merit, it is a bloody good time. Any thoughts so far? <laughs> um, just the wrong... Well, <laughs> it's not that they're wrong, but I do have things to pick. Okay, go ahead. Before I, the last thing's just the end quote, so go ahead. Okay. Well, one mostly nailed it. No. Um, and then yeah, the point. Carrie is not scary at all. Nothing Mm-mm. about Carrie is scary. So to think it's gonna be a new horror film, the remake around, no, because it's yeah. literally the same story. And right here. Carry adaptations are only as good as their prom. So even going in, you know, it's only going to be worth it up until the end to see it. Mm-hmm. It's a boring premise. And I understand someone could make it entertaining. Yeah. But overall, it's it's all build up till the end. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. And I think at this point, there are so many stories that are the little guy getting, mm-hmm. getting their day. Mm-hmm especially with high school teen movie kind of things. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's like, I don't care. They all end with a prom. Yeah. There are movies that can take that premise and make it entertaining all the way through. Exactly. Really not scary in the traditional sense of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Her treatment's horrifying. Yeah. That's not the horror part of it. It's just like a thriller, but it's not even like, there's no, it doesn't feel suspenseful. Like, especially since it's a remake, like, you know, it's like what that person said with um, A Star is Born. I think it was like an audience review or something. Mm -hmm. It's like the Titanic, you know, the boat's gonna sink. Yeah, yeah. This one, you just say, you know what's gonna happen. So it's not, you don't feel the suspense. You don't, because you you know exactly what's gonna happen. You act, you know the exact when shit hits the fan moment because it's mm-hmm. very iconic and they're not going to redo it differently you know and that yeah yeah a remake especially of a horror classic mm-hmm. that's based on a classic horror novel mm-hmm. you have to divert expectation and i'm sure with that trivia thing we saw i'm sure pierce wanted to do that and i'm sure mm-hmm. pierce wanted to give us a different carry but ultimately could not no i totally agree which is unfortunate that 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 didn't happen exactly yeah johnson ends this review with quote carrie is in expert hands with director pierce moretz displays just the right amount of sweet innocence and evokes a certain amount of sympathy even when she's doing her worst and more is wonderful in full throttle loony mode allowed to go over the top without being campy end quote and surprisingly she is the only character in that movie in this movie who doesn't come off as campy yeah that's actually very true more is very good in this movie she is not part of the criticism. Mm-mm. I do not understand how you would like Chloe's. No, there's no sympathy. I also I don't, don't, there's not a sweet innocence. There's not. It's like, unless you have revenge fantasies 24-7, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't see how you could sympathize <laughs> with her. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Like, I just don't, there's nothing to sympathize with this character because I don't really care about this character. There's nothing to care about. It's just this character that has 
environmental bad things happening to her exactly and that's it that's it that's er that's everything to the character and she has telekinesis so there you go yeah which just seems so like whatever (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) just fucking telekinesis and you're just like eh. Eh. but um is there anything else you want to say about this review no i think i've I think I've said enough. Okay. So we'll move on to the audience reviews. The first one I have is a 10 out of 10 from IMDb titled Beautiful Tragedy from September of 2016. The thing that confuses me most about this film is the way many people see it. They call it an unnecessary remake, awful, and carbon copy unoriginal. They're mistaken. This film is exceptional if you have an open mind and are seeking to only be entertained. There is not a dull moment in the remake whatsoever that would make B believe the collective... negative perspective. The beautiful cinematography, the score, and the well-selected actors carry this film from beginning to the very end. I was a bit skeptical at first because Moretz doesn't seem like that kind of girl that would ever have any kind of problems like Carrie did in this film. I thought it would be very unrealistic to see a hurt girl like Carrie being portrayed by a very beautiful woman like Moretz, but I was mistaken. Moretz did deliver the role from her shy demeanor to her demonic rage to her repented fear. She was Carrie. I applauded this film because when the credits started rolling, I felt this strange feeling of emptiness inside me. I felt sad, but the beautiful kind of the sad. The sad that makes you really think about things from a whole new perspective. This movie is beautiful tragedy to its core and ends in a way that makes you understand that some people live and die hurt and alone. So to all the haters out there, I forgive you. And to all the first timers that are skeptical to see this film, watch it. You will definitely be entertained and you will enjoy the ride. Lies. <laughs> We're forgiven though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this person forgives us. Oh, thank God. Oh, wow. I was hoping Primo Lander 729 would <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> This is one of those reviews where you wonder what, I want to know what this person looks like. I want to know how, I want to talk to them. I want to know, I want to get, know them a little bit. Yeah. Just to understand why they, because this is the type of movie that I don't understand why anyone would be very passionate about. And they're very passionate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what you said. What do you find fun? <laughs> like, What do you, I, I, I spend a day with them. See what, yeah. what they do and what they consider fun, what mm-hmm. they like, what TV mm-hmm. shows they like. Do we have anything in common? Because I do not understand how you could sit here and really passionately defend this movie. It's just one of those things. It seems like the kind of person where like you probably do watch the same things, but you don't agree on them. Right. Like you could you could sit there and watch The Office, but somehow find different ways while you both like The Office. Exactly. Like it's one of those crazy things, you know? Yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> this is our twin flame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next review I have is a five-star review from 2022 that says, from Letterboxd, that says, you know what? I don't blame her. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> like you said before, it's it's a little school shootery a little school shootery it's a little it's a little out of taste <laughs> nowadays you really can't yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the first one star review i have is from 2013 on imdb one out of ten titled this isn't horror it's a lifetime movie of the week with cussing <laughs> I saw the original Carrie at the drive-in when I was a kid and was looking forward to the remake. Unfortunately, this was a huge letdown of a horror film. Can you even call it horror? Where the original felt creepy, this was just plain, slow, and dramatic. 
The scares have been replaced with emotional and dramatic scenes of child abuse. Carrie is bullied, her mother abuses her, and she's coming of age except her puberty is telekinesis with a little revenge. Had this been a drama, it might work better instead of hiding behind the image of an all-out horror film. The magic of the original is gone. If you want to see a scary movie, see the original. If you want to see the drama version of Carrie and be bored out of your mind, then check this out. Personally, I liked it. I like scary movies to be scary and thrilling. This is neither. Maybe next time they'll get a remake right. I hope they don't try again. No, I hope they don't either. I, I mean, at this point, this person, oh my god, they were a kid and went to a drive-thru to see the original? This person is ancient. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they were, it doesn't mean that it was when it came out. They could have just gone to a drive-in and the drive-in was playing old okay. movies. That makes that makes sense a little. Were you in a Model T? <laughs> I'm not saying this person's wrong. I, t I agree with them, but I'm not mm -hmm. as passionate as what the original as they are. Exactly. So I can't really be on the same page as someone who really likes the original and dislikes the remake. I don't like either. Yeah, I tried my best to like get ones that weren't about the remake, but yeah. there were fucking essays and essays mm -hmm. and essays about how the remake, how the original is better. And it was like, I, I just need some of you to hate it just to hate it. Yeah. I bet. Okay, so the next one is from Letterboxd from 2021. It is two and a half stars. It's been said countless times, but seriously, what a miscasting. It just doesn't work. Chloe Grace Moretz doesn't fit the character at all, and she doesn't do anything interesting with the role. I don't think this movie is egregiously awful or anything. It's just entirely unnecessary, and the first hour is completely unremarkable. The last 30 minutes are much better than what came before it, at least. You're giving me a little too much credit mm -hmm. saying it isn't egregiously awful. Yeah, it's not egregiously awful, but it's bad. Just say it's bad. Yeah. It's okay to say that. Yeah. Like a movie should not only be good or interesting in the last 30 minutes. It should not. It shouldn't be all build up. That's like the- Yeah. The, this, well, there isn't even- There's even build up. They're, they're just- That's the first thing you learn. Like, oh, you, got, you can't just build up. Whenever you're yeah. making a story, whether you're making a movie, writing a story, don't make it all build up. That's the first thing they tell you. So when they go ahead and make a movie that's all that- It doesn't even feel like build up. It just feels like- I don't know if this- Because, you know, you're like- It's like building- mm -hmm. Rising. Mm-hmm. The whole time yeah but this one just feels like it's set up you know like they're just like yeah here's the stuff that's happening here's the school here's the people but you're not going to get to know any of them but here you go it's so flat it's so flat yeah. it's f it's flat and then it just goes boom all the way to the yeah. top <laughs> uh -huh. which is yeah. not how things should be no that's not how stories work no well <laughs> no this next review i have is a one out of ten from 2014 on imdb titled what the hell was that <laughs> Forget that it's a remake. Many people judge this film based on the fact that it's a remake. Forget it. Have you forgotten? Good. This film is absolutely... <laughs> This film is absolutely terrible. The story is outstandingly stupid and the acting is poor. People that I know admire Chloe Grace Moretz massively and it's a shame that they have to see this filth. The film is not interesting, nor scary, nor entertaining. Can someone please pay me my six... Oh, we got an English person British. here. <laughs> we got a British. <laughs> my six pounds 80 back, please. I went to see a solid horror and ended up seeing one girl having a period and killing everyone. <laughs> it's really terrible. I am disgusted by the good reviews, please. Please stop lying to the public and tell them the truth. <laughs> she has her period and kills everybody. I love that. That's, I mean, again, a good little summar summarization of the movie. I like this one. This was really funny. <laughs> like, I loved that they were just like, just shut up about it being a remake. Let's talk about how bad it actually is. That's the thing. And I, and I love that. It's not even the fact that it's a remake. It's just a bad movie. It's just mm -hmm. a bad movie by itself. 
Exactly. This person's smart. I agree. I totally agree. I love it when we get a British. They're usually right. <laughs> they're either right or they're just like so egregiously British that I'm like, what are you talking about? It's usually funny. It's, it's usually enough where it's like, this is my favorite one because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the next review is a star and a half from 2017 on Letterboxd that says, I don't know. It was on right after a show I was watching and I thought, how bad can it be? But mostly I was just too lazy to change the channel. This movie was totally unnecessary. There's a part of me that believes that you kind of wanted to see the ending. You kind of were like, this is it because i've i've been there mm -hmm. i'm too lazy to change the channel but it's usually because whatever's on isn't that horrendously bad yeah like, i'm not saying i'm into it but it's like i can watch this mm -hmm. so there's something about it that was intriguing to you yeah and i think the movie was told this movie was totally unnecessary there's more to say there's so much mm -hmm. more to say mm -hmm. so the next one is a three-star review from 2018 on letterbox not as bad as it's made out to be in my opinion kimberly pierce's carry isn't completely a shot for shot remake though it does share most of the same beats from de palma's classic i thought the acting was mostly pretty good some of the lines that were borrowed from the original came out sounding strange in a modern climate but at least there isn't any excessive slash creepy nudity for gratuity yes i just came up with that and yes i hate myself good night <laughs> is there nudity in the original yes there is but they they literally couldn't because chloe grace moretz was a minor oh okay good it's just that 70s show a full bush <laughs> sentiment i'm sorry dang really full frontal not just boobies I think it's boobies. You probably see side bush or something. I don't remember, oh, but it's the 70s, God. so there's probably a bush in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good Lord. The next one is a three-star review from 2022 on Letterboxd. Hats off to Miss Chloe Grace Moretz for trying really hard to emulate the vulnerability and inferiority of Carrie the way C.C. Spacek magnificently did in the original. But even Julianne Moore's five-star portrayal in this three-star film failed to give the blood red on a pale revival. Still, a good enough try. Okay. I get what they're saying. They're they're right though. Julianne Moore did great, but that did not save anything. No, it didn't nothing. I don't I don't know how much anyone could have saved this movie, really. Okay, so this one's kinda long. It is a two out of ten from IMDB from twenty fourteen called Don't Carry On. That's a good one. I'm not exactly sure why Carrie needs so many remakes, reboots, and sequels. As a huge, pre-sober Stephen King fan, I appreciate his visions and horror. Granted, of all the dozen or so books of his I've read, his first Carrie... Oh, it's that was his first. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. His first Carrie... I have not read yet. I know the whole story behind both the fiction and the true story of it being written. In this particular case of fiction, the true story outshines his book. Google it for the entire Carrie background, or better, buy and read The Fantastic In Writing by Stephen King. I digress into another story of mine. Back between 1992 and 1994, when I attended college, my film professor chose the 1976 film as the most influential horror movie of the 1970s. Many, including myself, disagreed. Some would say it would have surely been the 1973 cult the exorcist i would say 1978's halloween mm. but i would concede that the sissy spacek version of carrie was fantastic and haunting especially if the ending hadn't been spoiled by multiples of horror documentaries since fast forward to last year 2013's carrie stars two established actresses while one to get even better i believe chloe grace moretz and julianne moore but they could not pull it off first off there was zero reason to remake this again second they not only didn't bring anything new to the table they actually took the film a few steps back with terrible cg 
CGI and bad acting. And third, with most remakes slash reboots, just stick with the original. This is no exception to that third rule. I would highly recommend the original and that alone. Please don't let this be your first experience into the world of Carrie. Final thoughts, I'm not joking. Read In Writing by Stephen King. Granted, there's other ways to get the whole story of the making of the novel Carrie, but In Writing explains it best and from his own words, and speaking of which, in a word, Tabitha, thank you. I really like how they go back <laughs> to their their film school days. I really like that. Mm -hmm. And I also agree. The film professor saying the most influential horror movie of the 1970s. I understand was popular, but and I can't I can't really argue what was influ influential or not. Maybe body horror. Yeah, I can understand that. Or feminist horror, but there's like, I just don't want to say that Carrie did anything. <laughs> I, in my own opinion, I just don't understand the, how, just how much attention Carrie gets. I really just don't, I don't get it. I, this is mm -hmm. one of those movies where I just, I don't get it. I really, I don't understand what people really see in this movie. So I can't argue yeah. if it was influential or not. I'm, I mean, it was absolutely to some extent, but I don't get it. And I don't understand why people put so much emphasis on this movie ever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to say this to add fuel to the fire for the people that are going to be upset at us for not giving a shit about Carrie. Yeah. I watched the 2013 version first. <laughs> I remember this one more than I do the 1976 one. Yeah, with that one, yeah. I agree with them. I like I liked that little detail they gave. I, they, it was a nice little picture they painted. Yeah. But this next one is a two-star review from Letterboxd from 2020. Watching this before watching the original, I just didn't have the time. It's gonna go down as the worst, one of the worst things I've done. But hey, what a killer soundtrack brought to you by the Vampire Weekend Pandora <laughs> Station. People can't stop talking about it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, the whole soundtrack was like music that I loved in high school. Yeah. And it's probably done on purpose as well, you know? Oh, yeah. I just love how they, they have to defend themselves. I didn't have enough time. Like, they, they have to preface. Nobody yell at me. <laughs> don't, please don't yell at me. I just didn't have enough time. <laughs> Okay, so the next one is a two-star review from 2021 on Letterboxd. It feels as though it's rushing to hit the important marks without letting things breathe. The characters aren't very convincing, and Moretz is probably too adorable to be the playing the creepy weird girl everyone avoids, but at least Carrie is played by an actual teenager this time, and we also call Mama out for her preaching shit that isn't actually found anywhere in the Bible, so hey, this one scores some authenticity points over the De Palma one, at least. I did like that. And she's like, that's not even in the Bible. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're just making that up. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> this is a one-star review from 2020 on Letterboxd. One star for Julianne Moore. Uh, you know what? Honestly, like, that's going to be one of my stars as well. Mm-hmm. This next one is a two-star review from Letterboxd from 2014. Julianne Moore is great even for Julianne Moore. Chloe Grace Moretz is amazing regardless of the fact that she's 16, but the movie is charming where it needs to be tense and lovable where it needs to be horrifying. There's nothing really wrong with the Carrie remake. The special effects weren't great, but they're nothing to complain about. But the few moments of excellence don't make up for the rest of the mediocrity. I think if this had the same talent going into it, but did something original instead of trying to imitate the classic, it could have been fun. But the comparison to De Palma's original just emphasizes the film's shortcomings. Again, this is way too, way too nice mm -hmm. for something I would, I would write. For a two star? Yeah. Well, they're just saying like, oh, the CGI wasn't that bad. They're saying the acting was good. Just saying it's mediocre too. It's just like not even enough for me. I'm like, no, tear it to shreds. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. You can. It's okay. People have torn apart better movies way more than what... For less. Yes. I don't understand the... People are really like walking on eggshells around this. I do not understand why. It is 
it is not that good. It is okay to say so. <laughs> exactly. So this is our last negative review. It is a two and a half star review from 2013 from Letterboxd. Not a completely terrible remake, just not a scary one. This movie is not compelling enough to keep you hooked in the moment on a scene by scene basis. You spend most of the running time just waiting for the pig's blood. What keeps this afloat is the serviceable performances. Nothing to compare to the 76 original, but nothing that Chloe Grace Moretz or Julianne Moore have to be ashamed of. You'd think the director of Boys Don't Cry would have a sharper take on this material, but everything comes across as pretty pedestrian. Perfectly adequate, but nothing to pop out of a grave over. You could go way harder. And I do think they have to be ashamed of this movie. I feel like this this movie is kind of like a bad pop song. Yeah. And people still listen to it because it's catchy, but it's not good. Mm -hmm. We yeah. all acknowledge it's not good, but they still listen to it. It's like, oh, it's, you know. Some people might not be, you know, some people just can't admit that like, it's not good, but I'm still going to listen to it. They just have to be like, it's not that bad. And it's like, no, but it is. You could say <laughs> it's bad. It could be bad and you can still enjoy it. That's the thing. You could say it exactly. Just be honest about it. Yeah, don't lie to yourself. <laughs> don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to me. <laughs> not yeah. about this movie. Uh-uh. Okay, so this is the last review. It is a five-star review from 2022 on Letterboxd. This version of Carrie is the one that always sticks with me the most. This is such an amazing adaptation of the story. Unlike many people, for whatever reason, I genuinely will never get tired of it. It's given such a hard time, but I feel like this version is the most raw and the most gut-wrenching to witness personally. It's so chilling and easily the darkest we've seen Carrie yet. Every single performance in this film is incredible, which pushes the story along so smoothly and naturally. I will never, ever forgive the studio for making Kimberly Pierce changed and cut so much of the movie in order to make it more of a remake of the 1976 adaptation rather than it standing on its as its own fresh telling of the novel itself. It is still an amazing film, but I definitely would have loved to have seen everything included in this film prior to the studio's interference. Hashtag release the Pierce cut. That I agree with. I would like to see the Pierce cut. I would actually watch it if that were released the the first part of it it just it's kind of like other good reviews of bad movies we've read where it's like are you being sarcastic yeah like are they are you being are you being genuine like you thought the performances were incredible no they weren't i can tell more sure but everyone else really you're gonna look me you're gonna look me in the face and say that you're gonna tell me porsche double day did a good job <laughs> the bar is so low for you i just know i just know the bar is very very low for entertainment for you what are you gonna give this movie out of 10 two one for more. And one to piss off the original fans. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Because I don't want to say, I don't want to give it too much credit to give it a one. I don't think it's, but this movie just makes me angry. I don't like the story. I, it just, it's one of those movies, I'm just like irritated mm -hmm. through all of it. Mm -hmm. It's just annoying. <laughs> it just, I'm in a bad mood after. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to say uh, one and a half. You gave it lower. This is the movie, <laughs> your guilty pleasure movie. I can't in good conscience. <laughs> I know it's terrible. Like the only thing that's redeeming about it for me is that it's so ridiculous that I love it. Oh yeah, I understand. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I'm pretty sure I tore this movie apart enough. So if you want to give us any suggestions or feedback or criticism, or you want to yell at us for not liking Carrie, you can DM us on our Instagram at Easy Big Takes. We also sometimes post clips of the show on our TikTok, also at Easy Big Takes. And if you're ever confused about anything we say, we have a transcript of all of our episodes on our website, easybigtakespodcast.com. And... Also, if you liked this and you don't hate us for not liking Carrie, you should give us a rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts and also give us a follow if you like us. It really helps us out a lot. And thank you so much for listening. My name is Kat. I'm Riley. This has been Easy Bake Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.